brother or sister and judges his brother or sister speaks evil of the law and judges the law. See, James sees that in the heart of people, we have this tendency to look at other people and not like what they're doing and be moved to judgment of them, to be moved to condemnation. And you can always tell when you're not humble because you feel that you have the liberty to judge somebody else. The book of James is filled with practical direction for how to walk with Jesus every day. The section you're diving into today continues that theme. James lays out some specific things that you definitely shouldn't do, and boy, are they hard to hear. It's stuff that everyone struggles with. The first one is judging others. Pastor Daniel unpacks why people are judgmental and lays out the groundwork for choosing differently. Now here's Pastor Daniel in James chapter 4 as he begins his message, Three Things Not to Do. So, you know, I've been thinking a lot about just kind of how fragile life is lately. It kind of feels like that's just kind of a a theme for me. I was thinking because uh, yesterday would have been my mom's 74th birthday. Um, My mom passed away, you know, in the late 90s when she was 49 years old. And so, you know, I was thinking about that. And so my, you know, my mom passed away when she was young, but then tomorrow is my beloved grandma, Anita. It's her 95th birthday tomorrow. But like, you know, it's like my grandma's 95. And so she's, you know, seen a lot of life, but I'm aware of just how, you know, life happens quickly. Was that, was that Ferris Bueller who said that, right? Life happens quickly. And if you don't pay attention, you might miss it. And, and life has that reality to it where things happen quickly. And in a lot of ways, like we're born and then God has given us a certain amount of time and he knows how long we have, the, the span of that life. And God has given each one of us the responsibility or the opportunity to fill that time between uh, birth and our home going with really whatever you choose to put in it. And depending on what you choose to put into that time between when you're born and that time when you go home to be with the Lord, that will actually be the testimony or the quality or, or, the, or the story of your life. And the beauty of following Jesus is that Jesus invites each one of us to put certain things into our lives, to live certain ways so that the time that we have has the fragrance of his kingdom, that we take on the, what the Bible calls the fragrance of Christ. You know, and not only do we, there's things that we're supposed to be doing, but then uh, there's all sorts of things that we're not supposed to be doing. You know, and I was thinking about my grandma, my grand, and my mom, you know, their personalities are very similar. But one of the things that was so funny when I think about growing up is one of the things I heard all the time as a kid was, whatever you do, don't do, and then insert whatever the thing they're telling you. You know, because, you know, we're Italian from New York, so everyone's, you know, very authoritative. Everything is like, it's like we said it and it's done. Like, so I remember growing up, my grandma would say, whatever you do, don't put sugar in the sauce. 
Because everybody wants to know that about the Italian sauce. Now, some of you who, who, who studied cooking or whatever, you know, you've watched the cooking shows, like, no, 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 you need to put sugar in the sauce because it offsets the acidity of the tomatoes. But my grandma would say, no, that's what the garlic is for. But that's a different discussion. But you know what I mean? So it's like, whatever you do, don't put sugar in the sauce. Or whatever you do, and it's funny because I find myself now... As I think about how life moves so fast, you know, uh, Lynn and my, our oldest, Obadiah, just got his driver's license. So be warned, for you're forewarned, you know, when you're driving around. No, but he's a good driver and he's a good dude. But I laugh now because I said, like, now whatever you do, Obadiah, when you're driving, don't do, and then I insert something in there. And that's one of the ways we learn how to live our lives is, you know, you, you get to say yes to certain things and you choose not to do certain things. And the reason I bring all this up is we're studying the, the book of James together. And we're called the series, Where the Rubber Meets the Road, because the book of James is just super practical. Everything about it is like, this is what real life looks like. And it was really funny because I was talking to Pastor Ralph the other day and he said, I got bullet holes in me from this study in the book of James. And I was like, yeah, me too. He's like, man, this is rough. He's like, I've been, I've been talking about this stuff forever and I still, there's so much to grow in this. And so, you know, uh, it's the beauty of the book of James. It's, it's like, how do we live? And so today I'm gonna teach you something really simple because James gives us three things, whatever you do, don't do this. Three things not to do. So open up your Bibles to the book of James, James chapter four. We're gonna take verses 11 to 17 together. So if you brought your Bibles with you, open them up to the book of James. So uh, we want you to read along. And I say this all the time, but I'll say it again, that I love the fact that we live in a day and age where everyone has an opinion and everyone is entitled to their opinion. But the last thing anybody needs at church is some pastor's opinion. We just need the word of God. What, what does the word of God say? What, what does the heart of God say? And so that's why we're gonna be studying the book of James. And I don't really wanna give you my opinion on things. I wanna just, this is what God's word says. And so James chapter four. Now, here's what I wanna tell you before we jump in here. In every message that you hear from the scriptures, there are certain things like, yeah, I struggle with that. Yeah, I don't struggle with that. Well, the beauty is, is all these three things, all of us do this all the time. So it's like, it's very, it's very practical. I don't know anybody who could say, yeah, I've never done that before. Or I don't struggle with that on a certain level. So today's message is gonna be super, super practical. So look what it says. James chapter four, picking up in verse 11, it says, do not speak evil of one another, brethren. He who speaks evil of a brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the, word, of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who are you to judge another? So the first thing is whatever you do, my friends, don't be judgy. Now I know some of you are saying judgy is not a word. It's not in the day. Well, I just made it up, right? Don't be judgy. Now I guarantee some of you are going to hear this later today or tomorrow from someone here at church. You're going to say something like, hey, don't be judgy. You heard what Pastor Daniel said. But, but literally right here, right before we got into this section, the beginning of James chapter four, it really landed that, that for the child of God, humility is the key, right? That, that God exalts, he resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble, right? That the re reason that we have so much interpersonal conflict is because of pride and selfish ambition. And so we find that for the people of God, humility is the prescription that God has. And so now we see what pride looks like in interpersonal relationships and what it looks like is judgment. 
That we, we, we begin to judge or speak ill of one another. And really what it is, is we're invited into humility. And where there's humility, there is not the need to judge one another. And that's why James, in speaking to the church, says, Do not speak evil of one another, brothers and sisters. He who speaks evil of a brother or sister and judges his brother or sister speaks evil of the law and judges the law. See, James sees that in the heart of people, we have this tendency to look at other people and not like what they're doing and be moved to judgment of them, to be moved to condemnation. And you can always tell when you're not humble because you feel that you have the liberty to judge somebody else. Now, What's powerful here is James does not get into, well, what do we do if something is wrong? Like, like, just be, like, are you saying that because, you know, we're not supposed to judge, we're supposed to say that everything is acceptable and righteous and everything is, it brings glory to God. He's not even talking about the content of someone's activities. He's simply saying that for the life of the child of God who is humble, there is no place to judge one another. Why? Because James's whole focus is that you and I don't just hear the word, but we actually practically apply it to our lives. We're doer of the, of the word. And now James says, for if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but you're a judge. That's the end of verse 11. Then he says, there is only one lawgiver. Now, this is powerful, because really what James is saying is that judging other people, condemning other people, it actually shows an idolatry in our hearts, because there's only one judge, there's only one lawgiver who has the right to judge other people, and that is not you and I. So anytime we feel that we can stand back and judge somebody's decisions, somebody's life, it actually shows that we worship ourselves and not the true and living God who we profess. It's kind of nasty, isn't it? Now, I, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I realize that all of us struggle with looking at things that people do and passing judgment on them. But James is abundantly clear that whatever you do, don't be judgy. So God wants to change this part of who we are. Now, you might be brown to say, well, well so Fusco, like, really? Like, so we're not supposed to judge anyone? Listen to, well, let's listen to Jesus. This is Matthew chapter seven, verses one to five. Jesus himself said it this way, judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. Now, there's a number of things that Jesus says here. First, he says, judge not lest you be judged. And that word judgment that Jesus uses is the Greek word krino, which if you looked it up in a lexicon or like a dictionary of other languages, you would find that the word krino literally means to judge unto condemnation. It's when you look at it and you say, oh, that would be completely wrong, totally guilty. So any, judge not lest you be judged. So condemn not, lest you be condemned. And then first he says that whatever measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now that's kind of scary, isn't it? Because what he's saying is that whatever measure you erect that you judge other people by, God will actually hold you to the same standard. Now here's the thing that I can tell you about all people. Nobody lives up to the standards of judgment that they place on other people. Now I know some of you are gonna be like, no, no, I totally do. 
And what I'm going to say to you is that when you fail at your own judgment, you expect grace for yourself because you knew you were trying. But the problem is, is we give ourselves grace, but we give other people judgment, which is uneven scales, which busts us all. Does that make sense? So the first thing is, is that the reason we shouldn't judge is because whatever standard you use, you're going to fail at your own standard, right? And everybody does this. If you're even remotely self-reflective, you'll realize I hold people to a high standard and I don't live up to the standard that I hold other people to, but I give myself grace. I give other people a hard time. And then Jesus gives a very, isn't that kind of nasty? I just like, like dropped that for you guys and just moved on. Move on. Slip and move. Jab, tuck, here you go. That was a boxing reference. You know I can't box. Unless I'm unboxing a box of Twinkies. Different discussion. Anyway, <laughs> you know, but then Jesus uses this beautiful picture that we could all imagine. You see somebody and there is a speck in their eye. There's a piece of dust in their eye, Right? And you see someone with a speck, right? And you're concerned for their speck only to realize, of course, that you have a plank in your own eye. So Jesus is saying, imagine you see someone and you notice that there's an eyelash in their eye. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's an eyelash. I have to help you get that eyelash out of your eye. But you don't realize that you have a two by four coming out of your own eye. (laughs) Right? And he's using this of judgment. This is a picture. Someone's got a speck, you got a two by four. Now, can anyone get a piece of sawdust out of someone's eyes at like a five foot distance? No, right? Like in order to help them, you need to get what? Real close to them. But you can imagine if you had a two by four coming out of your own eye, you get real close to someone, what do you do? You give them a concussion. They went from having a speck that was uncomfortable, although not fatal, and then you knock them out. And that's exactly what happens when a person chooses to judge. Jesus is saying, it's not that they don't have a speck, but Jesus is saying, rather than focusing on what you think is wrong with someone else, you need to deal with the lumber yard in your own eye. And I, when, I, when I read this, I always laugh. I'm like, man, Jesus says this guy's got a plank. If I look in my own eye, I got, I got the whole lumber yard, man. I got a two by four, two by six. I got particle board in there. I got like some sort of decking composite that they made and they'll never never weather. It's like all that is in my own heart. And what Jesus is saying is rather than judging their speck and trying to help them and make their situation worse, our job is to deal with what we have in our own life. And then he says, once you deal with your plank, then you can help your brother. Now, what's powerful about that is if you believe in Jesus and you place feet on the word of God that Jesus is talking about and James is talking about. It's not that you pretend like people don't have specks in their eye, but once you are doing the work with the spirit of God of dealing with all of your own garbage, the way that you would deal with someone else's speck will be way different. Because now God has humbled you because you realize they got a speck. I mean, the stuff that I'm pulling out of my eyes, I didn't even know that they had that kind of wood. And I didn't even know that, that, like, that what that was. And so you're, by the time you're pulling all the stuff out of your eye, then when you go to deal with someone else's speck, it, there's no judgment, there's humility. There's like, listen, I'm no one to judge you. And I, I like, listen, I, you don't even know, man. Like, I, like I, I wish I could sell the lumber I'm pulling out of my eye. I'd be rich. Like, I, I got wood that people know not of, you know, coming out of my own eye. But listen, I've been dealing with this and I noticed that speck's gotta be challenging for you. So can I help you? which is so much different than like, you got a speck in your eye. You're ruining everything with that speck. Do you see how that works? And so Jesus and James are both pointing the people of God to a way of living that says, 
it is not my job to judge anybody because God is the lawgiver. God is the righteous judge. My job is to choose to love people. Now, later on in Matthew chapter seven, the same chapter where Jesus says, judge not lest you be not judged. He does say that we should be able to discern the qualities of the fruit of people's lives. So really what Jesus is saying is not that we bury our head in the sand about who people are or where they're at or what's wrong or what's right. The idea is that Jesus is saying, I want to do a work of transforming you. And as I'm doing a work of transforming you, you're going to actually choose to love people knowing that they, everyone's got stuff in their eyes except for Jesus himself. And I want to do the work of transforming you by helping you remove all the stuff from your life so that then you can, in humility and kindness, choose to try and help other people. How often in our lives are we repulsed by somebody who comes at us real judgy, even though we know that what they're calling us on is wrong? Like they're calling us on something that is a problem in my life, but we don't, it's not that they're, what they're calling out is a problem, it's that they're hitting us with their own two-by-force. And if we've all experienced that, we don't want to pass that along to somebody else. And so the call for each one of us is to whatever you do as you move through life in your relationships with people, don't be judgy. But let's just be honest about the world we live in. We live in a world today where everyone believes it is their right to judge everybody else. Like everybody does. Like next time you read a newspaper article, Instead of just saying, what does this newspaper article tell me? I want you to say to yourself, who's being judged in this article? Like we have, for fun, we have TV shows of people who judge other people. Like people who can't sing or can sing judge people who are singing. Like we live in a world that is so bent on this idea that it is actually my job to tell you what is right, what is wrong, if you're good or if you're bad. And I always think of Teresa of Calcutta, who we know more commonly as Mother Teresa, who always said, when I'm busy judging people, I have no room to love them. It's a very powerful statement. If you're busy judging people, you have no room to love them. And if love is the highest ideal in the life of a believer, then you have to decide, do I want to judge people or do I want to love people? You can't have both. Very powerful. And, you know, it's like Teresa of Calcutta, I heard this amazing story about her. Uh, someone uh, from the West went out to kind of go serve with, with her organization when she was still alive. And she was talking to one of the, the sisters who worked there. And the sister said to this, to this guy, I said, hey, ha- have you seen Mother Teresa's feet? And he was like, what? Uh, no. And she's, he's like, well, it's good that I, I caught you. So I don't want you to be shocked by when you see her feet. He's like, well, what are you talking about? He's like, well, when you see her feet, her feet are incredibly deformed. He's like, why? He's like, well, because we'd get these donations of shoes. And Teresa would let everyone else choose shoes first and she would take whatever was left for 40 years. So she spent 40 years serving the most marginalized people with shoes that don't fit. And so her feet are deformed. And it's like, what a great example of self-sacrificial love. And then when she says something like, if I'm judging people, I have no room to love them. And I start saying to myself, wow, like Jesus said this, James said this. So brothers and sisters, listen, whatever you do, don't go through life judging people. It's not our job. Don't go through life giving people concussions because they have specks in their eyes. Now that doesn't mean that we're supposed to, just because we don't 
call people out on it. It doesn't mean we agree with them. It doesn't mean that we, we believe that what they're doing is right or righteous or acceptable or glorifying to God. That's actually not the point here. James and Jesus doesn't even talk about that. It's a quality of life that says, for the children of God, judgment is just not something we do because we know the judge is the Lord and he's not inviting us to be his co-judge. God's like, listen, man, I can get my work done if I have you as the prosecutor. It's like, it doesn't need, God doesn't need our help in this, so let's stop helping. And here's the deal. I'll be super, I realize that here in Crossroads, like, there's all sorts of people here. There's people who walk with Jesus for a long time. There's people you're here, you're just kind of checking Jesus out, and you're like, I'm not sure if I believe in Jesus. And if you're in that category, listen, I super love, and we love that you're here, and you're welcome to be here. We want you to be here. I believe we live in a world full of judgment and I don't expect the world in which we live to not be judgmental because the focus of the world we live in is me and what I believe to be right. And I'm gonna impose that on everybody, right? So the world should be judgmental because it's got the self at the center. But I'm talking to those of you who are Christians. If you're a Christian, you've abandoned yourself as the center by letting Jesus be the center. And now Jesus is saying, Don't judge people. And if you talk to most people who don't believe in Jesus, one of the reasons they don't believe in Jesus is because they were judged by a Christian along the way. They got hurt by a church. They got hurt by somebody who in the name of Jesus did exactly what Jesus and James is telling them not to do. So when I start looking at that and I read the scripture, I'm like, okay, whatever I do, I need to make sure I'm not judging people. And I'll be honest, in the last two years, Given all that's going on in our culture, masks, no masks, vaccines, no vaccines, this, that, and the other thing, I've gotten more people speaking ill of me in the last two years than I had in all of my ministry before I got here for the last two years. And I'm here to tell you, I've done a lot of dumb stuff in ministry. But all of a sudden now, it's like everyone feels like it's their job to judge everybody else. And I'm just like, people, get a grip, read the Bible. Our job is not to judge. And I don't even judge the people who bring these stuff against me, but I'm like, what's amazing is, is no one has ever come down and sat down and said, Daniel, I'm really struggling with this decision. They just judge you and they talk about you. Or for me, I get it on social media, which I don't really mind because I'm on social media like the next person. But I'm like, this isn't the quality of the kingdom. And so brothers and sisters, if you're here and you're follower Jesus, God did all of his judging at the cross And when Jesus returns, he doesn't need our help in judging. And our judgment is pushing people farther from the Lord than drawing him near. So you might say, well, Fusco, if I'm not supposed to judge people, what am I supposed to do? Ah, great question. You and I, our job is to be a living letter to the world of God's love and his grace. Our lives are supposed to be the kind of lives that when people look to a believer, they're like, I don't understand why they're like that. Hey, you have something I don't have. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel wrapped up this message with the reminder that Jesus doesn't need your help in judging people. He's got it all handled. In fact, being judgmental actually pushes people away from you and the Lord. Instead, he wants you to be a tangible representation of his love and grace to everyone around you. Your humble, open-handed love for others will draw them in and make them wonder why you're so different. 
everyone needs a little encouragement to get through their day, and we have a way to provide that for you. Pastor Daniel has some excellent advice, truth, and love to share in his two-minute messages available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go to JesusIsRealRadio.com and click on the social media links to find them. You won't be disappointed, and your day just might get a little brighter. Hey, everybody. This is Pastor Daniel Fusco from Jesus Is Real Radio. I'm so excited about what Jesus is doing through this ministry to change lives and restore his people. Would you consider partnering with us as we continue to share the message of Jesus here on Jesus Is Real Radio? You can find out more and donate securely online at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for prayerfully considering this. Make sure to tune in again next time as Pastor Daniel will share that tomorrow isn't a guarantee, so you shouldn't live like it is. We'll get into our craving for comfort and how that often directs our decisions. You'll be reminded that God is all about deep heart transformation. And this kind of character development doesn't happen when you're comfortable. His will is the goal, and it should be that which determines your steps. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series, Where the Rubber Meets the Road. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.